Oh my gosh! Hello everyone! Welcome back to It's Giving! And today, today is such a special episode! Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I've been waiting to make this episode for like forever since I started this podcast. But you know, I kind of wanted to lean into it. I can't give the people exactly what they wanted so soon. You know what I'm saying? So today, we're going to be talking about my experience in Italy as a black woman, you know what I'm saying? If you didn't know, I was studying abroad this summer. I stayed in Florence, Italy for an entire month. And oh my gosh, it was like the best experience I've ever had. Like hands down, hands down, the best experience ever. So I know a lot of people had some questions. And so, you know, I went to Instagram and I told y'all to shoot me any questions that you had. I wanted to interact with you all and make sure that like you can be a part of this experience as well. And I'll be doing more of those in later episodes because I really enjoyed the questions that y'all gave me. And I think I think y'all really enjoy interacting as well. Like, you know, so um, today we're going to be talking about that. OK, it's giving across the globe. OK, it's giving world traveler It's giving. All types of shit, bitch. I done seen everything that need to be seen. <laughs> well, I ain't see everything, but I will be seeing everything. And that was just the beginning. Like going there literally like made me want to go anywhere in the world. Like I could go to Russia and be so fine. <laughs> and it'll be okay because there's things to see. There's new things to look at. There's new people to experience. So um, I'm excited to get into this episode because you know, being from Louisiana, um, you know, we all have, well, we have this stigma, like our families, it's generational curses. They never want to leave the state. Like maybe they've been somewhere within the state, maybe somewhere uh, somewhere else in the South, like maybe they've been in Texas or Florida, but you never really hear of them going anywhere else. Like they don't really go up North. They don't really go out of the country. They rarely go on cruises or anything like that because they're so fearful of leaving this state. Um, it, it's made them catatonic. It's made them like just stay exactly where they're at and they're fearful of going anywhere. And um, I was talking to this with um, my next guest who's also going to be on this episode. I mean, not on this episode, but the next episode. Um and that's gonna be a that's gonna be a great episode. I can't wait for y'all to hear that and see who I have coming on. And yeah, so this is this experience was definitely like I am the first one in my immediate family to travel outside of the country. I am the first one to ever get on a plane. Um, well, no, my cousin has. <laughs> well, me and my cousins are the first one to ever get on a plane, and we're just we're breaking those curses step by step and me even being in college me starting a podcast me believing in myself is breaking that generational curse you know what I mean um so I just I feel very proud and very like lucky and blessed not even gonna say lucky I feel blessed to have have been experiencing that and being able to do that because I know in most cases people aren't able to do that and that's why they have to stay in this um in this state of not being able to do anything and in a state of fear you know um so now I'm gonna get right into it though you know I'm gonna start with the questions a little later because I wanted to talk about how I even got there in the first place um 
So a little background, two years ago when I was a fresh, three years ago, sorry, <laughs> three years ago when I was a freshman in college, um, I was going through a lot and I really wanted to study abroad. That was my whole point of coming to college. A lot of people do not know that, but the reason I came to college was to study abroad. Like I knew I was going to have this experience and I was not stopping until I had it. So um, freshman year, um, I wanted to go to Greece. That was literally my number one pick. It's still my number one like place to travel that I want to go to that I haven't been yet. Um, so I definitely plan on doing that. Um, but I was supposed to go to Greece and it was a great program. I was going to be there for, I think like three weeks. Oh, it was going to be so beautiful. And I got a scholarship to go. It was so amazing. Financial aid would have covered most of the trip as well as my scholarship. So I just think um, that would have been great. But of course, my freshman year was uh, 2019. And as soon as I got my scholarship ready to go, filling out all of the forms, about to get my passport, that's when COVID hit. And that's when COVID hit hard. <laughs> okay. So, um, Around that time, you know, they had to cancel traveling and everything. It was just a lot to deal with. And also, I just, I don't feel that I was ready to travel, you know, abroad alone. You know, being so young, um, I know being young honestly makes the experience better. Like, I've heard many stories of people traveling solo at like 17 or 18 and them having great experiences. But with the type of family I'm from, with the type of like, you know, people I'm around, they would have been, you know, their anxiety would have shot through the roof. So I'm glad that I was 21 and able to like solo travel and study abroad um, because I feel like I have more wisdom, more experience with, you know, my surroundings, making sure that like nothing's gonna happen to me. Um, so yeah, building that and building that like that armor and that strength definitely got me to where um i was this summer in italy so um i'm very grateful for that but not only that um getting to italy was a struggle i don't think many people recognize how huge of a struggle it was for me they just think oh one day i <laughs> decided to study abroad i paid the dues and that was it no this was a roller coaster like i was I would say um, six months ago, I would say about seven months ago before um, I decided to go, um, I was in a very tough place mentally um, and financially. Um, I support myself in college. Um, you know, my mom sends money every now and then. My dad, um, yeah, we had an episode about him. <laughs> Y'all go listen to that if you want to know about my father. But um, there's, you know, I support myself. You know, every now and then people can be able to pitch in or do something like that. But for the most part, I live off my refund checks and whatever job that I'm working at the moment. And a lot of people do not know that. Um, I tend to, but you know, I also feel like that plays a part um, in what I decide to show to the world as well. You know, when people see me on Instagram, they see me eating very much lavish meals. I'm eating steak, oysters. I'm going out. I'm having fun. But for the most part, my friends help support me and people have the wrong perception when they see those things, you know? Um, 
So like people perceiving me as quote unquote, you know, stable or indoor rich or something like that, that is completely, completely false. <laughs> I want y'all to know that right now. The people who know me know how false that is because I come from the worst of the worst, the bottom of the bottom, the fucking trenches, the gutter. <laughs> okay. So I'm like, and I don't really say that a lot. You know, I try to live this lifestyle of like, I'm, I'm wealthy. Like it comes to me. I attract abundance. I attract money. And that has helped me get through a lot of things because I am in that mindset. And because I know that like the lifestyle that I want is already coming. It, it's easy to attract those things, but there are times where you have to wait and you have to be patient for those things to come. And this was one of those times. Um, so I decided to do my application pretty late. It was not very early on. I decided to do it late because like I said, I was going through a lot. Um, trigger warning, I was, I was having a lot of suicidal thoughts. Um, I did not want to be on this be in this world anymore and I didn't want to stay in Louisiana. I know that if I stayed in Louisiana this entire summer, I I don't I don't want to think about what I would have done or what would have happened or how I would have acted um because obviously I didn't stay here the whole summer and my life was changed. So I don't want to go back into that mindset and envision what it would what it would have been like. Um so yeah, that was a overall, that was like the beginning of it all. And um, I was just praying all the time, journaling all the time, just like, God, give me strength, you know? Um, and so at some point I realized this program costs a lot of money. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about it. It was between Italy and France and France was definitely cheaper. Um, and the school actually covered the plane ticket. Honestly, overall, that was the way better option. Yeah, the thing about France was they were only there for two weeks and I knew that I needed to be somewhere longer. I needed to immerse myself in like the culture. I needed to live there. I needed to be a part of it. So I decided to go with the longer program that costed way more money, but it was, it was dealing with a subject that I was so happy to be a part of um and france was with communications and like mass comm and as much as i'm i love mass comm i mean clearly i'm doing journalism right now with this podcast so um i love it obviously but i did not want to jump into that because i know in that area of life it's more professional more corporate and i wanted to be free with my expression and free um around certain people so i decided to do art in Florence. Um, it was my first time actually taking an art course, like ever, ever in my life. It was my first time taking an art course. Most of the art that I do, I taught myself or most of the art spaces that, um, that I inhabit, I just stumble across sometimes. And I know art has always been a huge part of my life just growing up. Um, my grandpa, he's always wanted to go to Italy. So I literally, I dedicate this trip to him. Um, and he's just an overall creative. He's taught me how to paint, how to draw, how to play drums, how to just, uh, just an overall creative person. And he exudes so much like creativity, so much joy, so much 
love of life and I wanted to carry that with me and I wanted to take that across the fucking globe. So um, art has always been a part of my life. It's just I never, I never saw it as something that I can do. I only saw it as like a hobby and a lot of people around you also tell you that it's just a hobby. You can't make money from it. You can't do this and da 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 da. And I feel that now in this generation, in this renaissance, in this renaissance, all of this is due to COVID. People are in poverty right now. Like people, even upper middle class people are trying to figure out ways to keep their money. So it's like, it's not something that's just flowing and flowing like it used to be, or you could depend on something coming in or your job, you know, your paycheck will probably cover something like, no. Paychecks aren't even covering food right now. So people have to find multiple streams of income and those multiple streams of income are becoming art. Like people are definitely putting their art more out there. They're putting themselves out there more so they can attract the abundance that they really, really want. And they're doing it while also healing themselves. So that's why it's a renaissance right now because, you know, it's mental health, it's art, it's love that's being put out into this world. And it's also counteracted with the hate and the violence and the poverty that has also happened in this world. So these things go hand in hand when we're all going through a global pandemic, when we're all going through inflation in this economy, like everything around us is pushing us to express the art that we have inside of ourselves. So that is the reason why I went to Italy. I wanted to embrace art. I wanted to be able to not overthink about my art, not feel so behind, not feel like, oh, I have to make money so quickly or something. Like, no, I just want to produce art because I can and because I love it. And if I make money from it, that's cool. But I also know that multiple streams of income right now is important. So I know that like this will help me in my experience and this will help me get an employer for later on. This will also help me like with the art that I'm doing right now, like the podcast and all of my other projects that I have coming up. This experience was so, it, it fit in every aspect of my life, my personal life, my family life, my relationships, my work life. Like this experience transformed how I see everything. And I don't think people understand how much I've grown. Like people can vividly see it when they see me. They're like, okay, you know, like you're glowing. Like, you know, your smile is big, you know, as big as it ever is. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's the biggest it's ever been. So now, you know, I see people recognizing that part. And I just feel like I feel very honored, honestly, because it's like, I didn't think people recognized me or people recognized that I was in a tough spot and stuff like that. And people do recognize that. And I definitely understand that. Um, but yeah, so this process, then I ended up, once I realized this was a, a shit ton of money that I really could not pay for, I hit up every resource that I could. I tried all the scholarships, but like I said, I applied to this program later than most people. I don't think I was the last one to apply, but I definitely know that I was late. And there are people who who probably applied the semester before and were able to build up that money and be able to like go on this trip. But me, I'm over here a month or two before we even go. 
and not having the time to do that. Um, and also, like I said, I was in a very tough spot mentally. So this whole time I'm realizing I don't have a lot of time, but I'm also like, fuck it. You know, <laughs> I'm also like, you know, I'll get there eventually. Da, 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 da. So me, I let time pass and I let time pass and no money was coming in for real. Um, there was a lot of things I had to do in order to get there. And like I said, I don't even have a passport at this point. I do not have a passport. And <laughs> that was a whole story, but I don't have a passport at this point. And, and if you all know, if you've been through the passport process, it literally takes almost a month and a half to even get a passport, four to six weeks in order for a passport to be sent to you. And I'm just starting this program two months prior, okay? And I've wasted so much time the first month. I applied the first month, didn't do anything after that. So the next month, one month before I have to go, that is when I'm cramming all of this in. So I was stressed. I was going through all, going through the motions, okay? Um, so at this point, I... I have to figure something out. At this point, I know I want to go. I know that I'm slacking off in school. And this is the only thing that's going to give me that boost to live, to actually do something in the world, to actually feel like what I, you know, who I am is important. Um, so I knew that even with school falling off, friends falling off, family falling off, me not strengthening those connections and everything, I knew that in this moment, I had tunnel vision. The only thing that was going to help me live, help me like see something different than what I'm experiencing now was to go on this trip. So I was determined. I was definitely determined to do something about it. Um, so no scholarships were available. Um, I went to financial aid. I maxed out however many loans I had left. Um, I did that. Um, I, I used all of my grants. Um, I made sure like everything that could come to me was coming for this trip. And um, so I did all of that and still did not have enough money. The fucking plane ticket itself was a bag. Okay. The, pay the plane ticket itself was around 1600. Yeah, it was around 1600. And I'm stressed the fuck out. I never paid for a fucking plane ticket that expensive okay so i'm over here looking for deals i'm doing all these things and then i realized i'm doing all of this alone i mean no one was helping me absolutely no one so i'm over here doing a fucking booking agent's job a whole travel agent's job like trying to do everything myself and i'm like okay if you're gonna do this you're gonna have to have help like you're gonna need help so I went to um, an advisor's office. She's over the academic programs and shout out to her. I literally love that woman. I give her props for literally saving my life because the first day I stepped in there, oh my gosh, I was sobbing. I was crying. I was like, I have to go here. I wasn't explaining why I had to, but I think she saw it in my eyes when she would look at me like, yeah, you have to be there. Like if if there's anything you have to do, you have to do this. And she saw why I needed to do that. So um, I love that um, she was able 
to see that in me and I didn't have to explain because if I would have had to explain, it would have been me, you know, pulling back, going back home and still trying to do this by myself because I don't like explaining these hard ass subjects to people. So that was very comforting to see someone like see me and I've never met them before in my life. So she was definitely like an angel for me. Like at this point of the program, um, the money that I've already put into it, I can't be refunded. And also at this point in the program, I'm, I'm already paying full price for everything. Let me break it down. If you study abroad, there is a deadline that you can um, withdraw and all that type of stuff and not want to go and do all this type of stuff. I'm already past that deadline of withdrawing. And every week, there's like a certain uh, amount that you still have to put forward, even if you withdraw. So right now I'm at the 50% mark. So 50% of the amount that they um, are charging me, which is like mm, roughly $12,000. So that means $6,000 is already going to the program if I were to drop out. And $6,000 is a lot <laughs> so i'm already 50 percent in so i'm like damn like i have to do this and everything kept going wrong okay my i couldn't get a passport appointment i couldn't get a passport appointment because i didn't have the plane ticket yet i needed an expedited passport and i had the money for a passport but I didn't have the money for a plane ticket yet. And I was trying to get the passport before, but if you have to do an expedited passport, you have to have the plane ticket like on there in order for them to even think about you getting an appointment. So I'm like, fuck. So we're going through this whole battle and I have to pay for a $1,600 pass. I mean, for a $1,600 plane ticket. So I was determined. I didn't know where the fuck this money was coming from. My mom don't have this. My dad don't. Nobody has this right now. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start a GoFundMe. And I didn't start a GoFundMe because I was like, let's keep it within the family first. I'm very prideful. I, I'm i so prideful. If I would have done a GoFundMe, it probably would have. I probably would have had way more, honestly. Um, but I wanted to keep it within the family. And you know, my extended family, there are, they're like lawyers, doctors, like nurses, people who are very well established in their life and have something that they could give towards. And they're also pretty supportive of my decisions. Like I haven't really, you know, I'm not really close to them at all because, you know, I feel like my immediate family is so far removed from theirs that like, I don't go to them about anything. I don't talk to them about anything. And I know that they want to be closer to me, but I just feel like we have nothing in common. So I just kind of stray away from that. But in this moment, I knew that I needed them. And that was the lesson that God was showing me too, that like I have community, I have support. And I'm still learning that lesson to this day because I'm so independent and self-absorbed sometimes that it's just like, I do everything. I do this, I do that. And I've been shown time and time again that I definitely have community and I definitely have support. So I uh, made a super long Facebook post. I put my modeling photos, trying to make it professional, um, talking about how much this experience would mean to me. And I gave them the amount that I needed. And oh my gosh, y'all, I literally made the amount in one day. 
<laughs> I made $1,800 in one day. I have to take a moment like to really sit down because it's like $1,800 is not a lot in the grand scheme of things, but making that shit in one day off of donations, that is incredible. Like I was extremely blessed. I was like, something wants me to go here. So, and I'm about to cry. Oh my God. Something wants me to go here. Something is pushing me. And I know that once I be here, when I get back, uh, it's, it's going to be nonstop. Just me on top of my shit. Me grinding. Me trying to get to where I need to go. Me trying to achieve my goals. And they saw faith in me. They saw potential. They saw, basically, they loved me. I don't, I don't care if they didn't see any of that. Even if they saw me as a complete failure. They loved me enough to put that faith and put that trust in me and put that money into my dreams. And that's what I'm grateful for. So yeah, I was going through a lot. This uh, this whole process was just so much, but that literally changed my, my view on things. After I was able to do that, things started looking up. My spirits were a little higher. Like, you know, st I still have these daunting thoughts in the back of my mind, but I know I can envision myself in Italy at this point. I can feel myself walking the streets. I'm watching TikToks. I'm watching videos. I'm doing everything to like envision myself there, to manifest it, to like, you know, embrace that all of these blessings that are coming to me to make me get there. So I'm going through all of this and, um, and I ended up making it. Um, it was a whole thing. My passport, I did not get my passport until the day of leaving, okay? I couldn't get an appointment because all the appointments were booked like crazy. I had to switch planes, um, yeah, switch airlines a million times in order for it to fit um, where the passport appointment would be. I had rise, you know, flake out on me. I had so many things going on, but I was so determined to get there. And I did not get a passport until the day of, and it was, fucking crazy um I thought and it's crazy because I missed the appointment technically I was on my way um I was moving out of my apartment and everything I just moved out of my uh apartment and so I'm I needed a ride to New Orleans basically I needed to, I needed a ride to New Orleans and something happened with my friend um a very you know big experience happened to her and I was like okay you don't have to take me it's okay you know um but I have to get to New Orleans. So I had to pay for an Uber, dollar Uber to take me to New Orleans. And oh my gosh, traffic was fucking nuts. Traffic was terrible. Like, I don't know what it was. I don't even think it was actual traffic. I think somebody had like stopped and like, I don't know what the fuck it was going on, but I think people were just being nosy and then it stopped the whole line of cars behind us. So I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So my passport appointment was at eight. I didn't make it to New Orleans until 9.30, till 9.30. So I'm like, oh my fucking gosh, I'm not going nowhere. I might as well stay home. Da -da 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 -da. So literally I made it to New Orleans and I made it to the passport office and I'm like, please, I need this. And the man was like, look, you're not the only one that's late, sweetie. People are always late to this shit. Just jump in lot. <laughs> and I'm like, well, shit, thank you, brother. Like, okay. He's like, people always like, go ahead. They'll still take you. And I'm like, bet. Okay, bet. So I'm in line. I'm about to get my fucking passport. I had to wait a minute, obviously. I'm so glad I was able to push my uh 
my my plane or whatever like my flight time and everything so everything was working out so well and um so i was able to get my passport um i was able to get on that first plane and once i got on that first plane oh baby it was over oh it was over okay so I, my first stop was in atlanta I love Atlanta. I've been to the airport a million times and I know it's so hard for people to navigate. And I'm just so grateful that um, I was able to go to the airport because I went to Atlanta for New Year's. So I'm like, okay, now we got another feel of it because I was also in Atlanta airport in 2019 when I went to DC. So I'm like, okay, I'm glad that I was able to like get on those flights and experience that airport a little bit more because I know people get so confused in the airport. So I was able to work it out and everything got to my destination as quickly as possible. And it was fucking fantastic. And from Atlanta, I went to Amsterdam. Amsterdam was so fucking pretty. I didn't get to explore, but obviously like that airport was so huge. It was amazing. I felt like I was in the fucking country, even though I wasn't, but it felt so beautiful. I had to get a souvenir. I definitely had a souvenir from Amsterdam. And then from Amsterdam, I went to Florence, Italy. It was so fucking amazing. So now I'm going to get into more of y'all questions and see what y'all got for me before I start rambling a little bit more. So let me go ahead and ask the first question. Okay, first question. Um, I didn't ask if y'all wanted me to say your name, so I'm not going to say no names. But um. Let's see. First question says, did not knowing their language make you sort of connect with Italy in other ways? Oh, this is such a good question. Um, I knew a little bit of the language. I did. Um, I studied it a little bit before I came, but not intensively. So I didn't know it right off the bat. So I bought me a book as soon as I got there. Actually, I think it was like my third day. I ended up buying me a, a language book and I was like, OK, let's get to it. And child when i tell you most of the people spoke english i was kind of pissed off because i was in a very touristy area you know um so it was like a lot of people would come there from the art they would travel you know there's a huge just like population of just different people like <laughs> like everybody was mainly from out of the country so I'm like, okay, you got people speaking Spanish, you got people people speaking uh, Korean, you got people speaking Italian, like French. It was just a whole, just uh, just a big mix of everyone. Um, so not knowing the language didn't like throw me off. But when I would go to places like alone and stuff like that, um, or even just like in the more city area, like where the locals and everything live, of course you're gonna hear more Italian and everything. Um, so whenever they would speak it, I would try to figure out a few words, but then I would try to like point and do all these things. Um, so that was, that was definitely a battle. But at the end of the day, like I said, I had my book. Um, I would try to like say phrases, mainly just like ordering food or, um, good morning and, uh, bye, good night, all that type of stuff. So I learned the basics, you know, like, we <laughs> uh, Fucking my gelato order. Y'all want to hear my gelato order? Oh my God. <laughs> okay, so my gelato order was so simple. I literally got most of the, the same one almost every single time. And it hit every fucking time. So it was like, um, un cono piccolo con degusti. 
uh, caramelo salato y pistachio. So I, yeah, I learned a little bit about the language. Um, and it did help me explore Italy in other ways. Um, I feel like I was mainly focused on like just being in nature and everything. That's what I really was excited about, like the greenery and how they clean their streets and everything like that. Like it was just the healthcare, all of that stuff just played a huge part of me going there. Um, so yeah, um, it allowed me to just like walk and explore and to just stay, you know, to stay still. You know, I needed to embrace stillness and um, that's what was important when I got there, you know? Um, so yeah, but I don't think the language barrier really affected me in many ways because it was a tourist area. And um, also one of my, um, one of my teachers is also like from Italy, he's Italian. He's very fluent in that language and in English. So whenever we had a problem, uh, when we were around him, he would definitely fix it for us. Um, and he had no problem doing that. So it definitely was not a huge barrier. Um, and I also had my book. So whenever I didn't know anything, um, I would try to look it up and, you know, try to say that. But I've learned that most Italians don't want you to learn their language. <laughs> yeah, I learned that um, uh, they don't like sometimes when Americans try to speak their language unless they actually know the language. So I didn't try to force it. You know, the people don't want it. I ain't gonna do it. So <laughs> that was that. Um, okay, the next one. Two of y'all said the same thing, which I thought was hilarious. And they said, were the men fine? Like how fine are Italian men? And oh, yeah. This is about to have an orgasm just sitting here. Damn. Anyway, grown ass men. Okay, they were fine. I will say that. I saw me some, I saw some eye candy as soon as I walked out my door type shit. Like, oh, we. And then they like, they are a bit creepy. I will say that. You know, you got people catcalling you, da 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 da. But Italian men, they do it so. Mm, you know, but you still have to recognize when like catcalling is catcalling. So it's like, I'm not about to give you attention when you catcalling me. But um, they are definitely fine as fuck. And, you know, Italy is very white. Um, the sub-Saharan African population is pretty big there, but it's not huge where I was. Like I was in Florence, Italy. So the African population and like black people there, not pretty common, you know, like it's not a huge amount of us. Um, so whenever I see like some black men, you know, they, they'd be like, Hey queen, they'll call me Beyonce. That's the only, um, American superstar, black superstar they know. So they'll call me Beyonce. Um, they'll tell me I look beautiful and they wouldn't even try anything. They would just be like, yeah, you look so beautiful. I hope you have a great day. And I'm like, thank you. You know, but there are also the weird ones who would, you know, come up to me and, try to get me to buy shit while also trying to compliment me and take me out. I'm like, how you a street vendor and trying to take me out, sir? I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. I had a little one night stand when I was in Italy. I, I'm over here telling about this, but yeah, I definitely had a, I definitely had a one night stand in Italy and that was the greatest sex I've ever had. So if that tells you anything about Italian men, <laughs> there you fucking go because the niggas was cool. Dude, yeah, shit. Like I said, 
don't have me go down that rabbit hole again okay baby the american beauty standard like there's still european beauty beauty standards obviously but just being there it felt like people were not used to seeing something different so they embraced me as being different like they're like oh my gosh like you're this and you're that and it's like that's so good like you know they're not used to it and me being from here nobody really catered you know, being here, nobody really recognizes me as being really like, you know, I'm not going to say like people don't recognize I'm beautiful here. Like they definitely do. But it's like, it was just, I got used to being called beautiful like 10 times a day. <laughs> okay. Like that's how embraced and how like, um, how accept how accepting they were towards me and at this point you know i got green dreads i'm over here like <laughs> i'm definitely dressed a little more slutty than what they would usually do but i caught on pretty early that i'm like okay so it is a bit conservative let's do a little you know a little bit more of covering up so i caught on to that very quickly but you know embracing me in that way i don't have makeup on like when i took this is the reason why i hardly wear lashes right now or even take pictures like y'all know i used to keep up with the content posting photos and doing something putting on a fit now i'm just like i'm trying to do my work <laughs> and i'm trying to get to the motherfucking money so it's like i feel like they helped me embrace that a little bit more because they was just all about the grind they was all about the money they was all about you know pushing that art um making sure you know that they get somewhere and that they achieve their goals and that really pushed me to do the same thing so being there definitely um helped with that confidence that just embracing all the beauty that i have inside of me and i fucking love that so shout out to the italian men and the women because the women, you know, they will give you some harsh looks. I can't lie. They will give you some harsh looks. But the ones who are so, like, sure of themselves, who are confident in themselves and not so insecure, they will compliment me. Like, in the club, oh, my gosh. In the club. You already know how girls get in the club in America. Just imagine the Italian club. Fine. My ad, these people are beautiful. These people are drop-dead gorgeous. Like, many of them don't wear makeup, but they fit their face regardless of that oh my gosh like it was so inspiring to be honest because i'm just like damn like i just need to step up the fit game fuck all the makeup shit like i just need to step up the fashion like that was fucking crazy to see because you know here in america it's like athleisure da -da -da -da. in italy there's no athleisure you're not about to see people in no fucking leggings and crop top out there like no you're not about to see all of that uh, you rarely see distressed jeans, which I thought was crazy, but they don't like distressed jeans. The only people you'll see in distressed jeans out there are like teenagers or like, you know, 16 or younger type shit. So you definitely can choose. I mean, you can definitely tell like the ages and stuff apart, but um, they don't like distressed jeans. They love flowy. They love um, bright colors. Like, oh, they love patterns, like crazy patterns. I love the patterns. Um everyone looked good the men look fucking amazing they had on their suits bitch they had on their little they look it was hot as fuck in the summer so some of them you know they had on their little button down shirt with a nice ass loafers with that oh oh the fashion was fucking crazy like i don't i should have took more pictures <laughs> honestly but the fashion was nuts like them people walked out dressed to a t every fucking day and i can look out my window 
I would look out my window. I have to be, I had to be up at like, well, I had to be at a museum by 8.30 almost every fucking morning. So that's a different thing. My schedule was crazy. Um, but I had to wake up super early and I'm looking over my window. Baby, these people are dressed and ready at like 7 a.m. They already walk in the streets. They ready to go. They ain't got no time to waste. So I'm like, let me go ahead and get the fuck up then. <laughs> so they definitely motivated me to just do more with myself, to like embrace the city, to actually just get up and do something. Cause sometimes I was sitting in my bed and I'm just like, oh my God. Not that I was even homesick because I don't really get homesick a lot. I know people get homesick like crazy, but I've never really been homesick. I've always wanted to leave my home in some capacity. Um, so it's never been like, oh, I want to go back. What I missed the most was the fucking food. I miss Louisiana food. That was the main thing. Um, and obviously just like my baby siblings, you know, stuff like that. But that that pushed me to just go the extra mile. Like them people were beautiful. They were sexy. They were fine. And they did not have to do too much. So that's why right now it's like I'm living a little minimal lifestyle right now because I ain't got much and I'm not about to keep pushing that I got something going on like as far as like financial wise. Like, no, I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm over here trying to make the best out of the, the little things that I do have. And I think God is definitely going to reward me for taking the time to actually push this, for actually doing the projects that I want to do for having this experience and learning from it so, so deeply. Like I learned so much from being there that I just, I can't imagine like not living anymore. Like I can't fathom going back and being like, oh, I don't want to be here after seeing parts of the world that nobody in my vicinity has ever seen. So I'm like, I can't imagine like being an inspiration for people and then not being an inspiration for myself to keep living. So now that just, that just made me, I'm sorry, I got emotional, but that experience just made me just feel a lot of things. And I am so grateful to be able to feel a lot of things. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, that was that. Um, let's see. Somebody else said, did you feel safe there? Did you feel safe there? That's the crazy part. I felt so safe. Like, I felt weirdly safe. <laughs> like, it was crazy. Like, you know, there were still those moments where it's just like, oh, you know, we got to go home. Da, da, da. But at the end of the day, um, I could walk out of my door by myself, put my AirPods in, and not have to worry about anything. And then I looked up the statistics around the area that I was in. Um, and it was like, people rarely got kidnapped. People rarely got hurt. People rarely got in fights. People rarely did anything. I think I saw an ambulance um, probably twice. I saw a police car probably like, you know, they were patrolling stuff. So that was different. But I, I parked police car looking for something. I think I saw that probably like, once or twice yeah so it was not it was not a lot of like crazy violence going on i felt crazy safe like it was, and honestly when i looked it up i was in the most safest area 
of this part of Italy, which makes sense because I'm with LSU and we're studying abroad. I'm pretty sure they took all of this into account before us getting there, obviously. But um, I didn't know anything about like the safety or like uh, the crime or anything like that. So when I looked it up myself, I'm like, wow, okay. So I'm like, I'm, I'm, this is one of the few places where I was like, okay, I can walk by myself to the market at night. Like you can't do that really anywhere else in America. I Three other girls in the program. So it's like, whenever I really needed somebody to come with me, they had no problem with coming with me. Um, it was just, it was a very supportive group. Um, and we all, you know, we all come from Louisiana, so we understand like the crime and like being safe and how important it is. So I was, I never felt out of place. I never felt like my life was in danger. I didn't get pickpocketed. Um, nobody stole from me. Like all of these things that people, you know, think about when they're traveling overseas, none of that really happened to me. Um, and that's what's crazy. The craziest thing that really, really happened to me was like, a street vendor forcing a fucking bracelet on my arm and talking about some uh here here's my baby pay for the bracelet give me money you did it and i'm like bro i ain't got no money and you trying to show me your baby to make me feel sorry for you nigga like no and he yanked the motherfucking bracelet back off my fucking arm and i thought that was hilarious and anyways that was the craziest part really about like someone invading my space or something like that so that was interesting um but yeah i felt incredibly safe i'm not gonna say like i didn't get looks or something like that but it's like the looks and the the subliminals the microaggressions and shit like that you get that anywhere you fucking go you know everywhere is racist towards black people so you can't just like you know go to a new place and think that's not gonna be it you're only gonna hurt yourself if you think you know, that's not everywhere in this world. Like, how do you think racism was able to spread like this? It came from different parts of the world. So I'm like, now, um, those little things didn't bother me because like I said, plus I'm used to people giving me looks anyways. Like I said, at this point, I got green hair. I'm over here probably dressing like a whore every now and then. So it's like, I'm not upset when people are staring at me. As long as someone doesn't do anything to me, I don't hear them saying anything uh, racist about me. Like, I'm good. Like, I'm straight. And I feel like a lot of people need to be more secure in themselves when um, going to different places. Like, you just have to understand that these people are just like this. They're projecting. They're racist and all this type of stuff. So, I definitely did get some looks. I did experience some discrimination. Um, and it wasn't extremely blatant. So I had to, I had to recognize what it was for myself. So I'm like, hmm, this don't, mm, this don't feel right. So I ended up not paying anything in those stores and shit like that. So all that type of stuff, you just have to recognize. And if you're already a black person and you're going into this space and everything like that, you already know what the deal is. You know who don't want you in their place and who does want you there. So you just have to like, be aware you know what i'm saying and make sure you're not giving your money to the wrong people make sure you're not supporting the wrong people while you're there because you know people automatically just gonna assume something about you many of the black people that i would meet 
oh my gosh like they were so welcoming they were so happy to see me i got free drinks child i got free food child like <laughs> it was it was everything because this ass hotel i'm walking down the street and i'm like damn this a nice ass hotel very picturesque very like aesthetic very like I need to go up in here and take some photos, right? So I passed by. That was my first time just passing by. I'm walking by myself at first. I'm going to try out this new Indian place. I'm hungry. Da, 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 da. I tried out the Indian place. It became my favorite spot there. Shout out to Tosh Palace. Uh, but it was my favorite place. And so I'm walking back. I go back to my room or whatever. And then I see Kayla. Me and Kayla want to go out, explore the night on the town because... Um, some of the other people on the program, they were able to go to Venice for the finale and we weren't able to go. It was an extra like uh, fee or whatever. And we just did not have the money to do that. We wanted to about to pay all that money to go to the finale and then not have time to do the things that I actually wanted to do in Venice. So Venice is definitely a trip that's coming up. I definitely want to go there. Um, but so me and Kayla decided to take the night of uh, the weekend for ourselves, go out, have some fun. And um, literally, so we ended up at the motherfucking hotel. We're walking. I'm like, look at this cute ass hotel. We have to get in there somehow. Doors are locked. <laughs> you can't get in there. And um, we see a black like uh, chauffeur. How y'all say them things? valet that's that's what the fuck it is yeah we saw a valet or whatever and he was like oh my god he was like hey and we're like hi and he's like what's up and i'm like do i know you <laughs> and he's like black people oh my god he's like you are so beautiful black queens da -da 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 -da. where are you from da -da -da. anywhere you go if you're black and you see another black person they're automatically gonna ask you where you're from they're they're probably gonna assume that you're from um an african country it's like okay i'm gonna let y'all in go order you a drink da -da -da -da. and i'm like okay let's fucking go so we go over there and we ordered some drinks it was so crazy we taking pictures every fucking where um the drinks were fucking disgusting no that shit was high as hell that was the most expensive drink i've ever seen in my life so happy i didn't have to pay for it but it was like an 18 drink and then i get it i'm thinking it's about to be like some type of juice in there y'all that shit was nasty it was straight alcohol i'm paying for straight liquor in this big ass wine glass so i'm like you know what? I'ma let y'all have it, nigga. So I'm glad I didn't have to pay for it because I did not drink that fucking drink. I was over it. Um, but we do that. We're having a great time. And then literally John Michelle would come over here with like two other black people. One of them was Indian. Um, the other one was uh from Cameroon, and John Michelle is also from Cameroon, and we're just like fist bumping in a group time with some black people and the white people just looking at us. <laughs> it was just it was such a, a a fucking heartfelt moment. Like it felt so good to just like be around black people and like have them celebrate you in a way that you're not used to being celebrated highly recommend if you can study abroad do it and if you're not in school definitely like save up that money and go on that trip whether you do it by yourself or with a partner or with a group of friends do not wait on anybody do not wait on anybody that is the number one key don't wait on anyone else to do it you have to fucking do it okay 
Okay, y'all. I don't I don't want to make this incredibly long. Oh my gosh. So I'm going to stop it here. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure y'all are gonna be hearing way more about like my experiences in Italy. Um, there's still a lot of things I didn't talk about and a lot of things I would like to talk about. Um, but I don't want that to just be shown in this first episode. Y'all gonna have to give me some more questions. Y'all gonna have to make them more juicy. Y'all gonna have to be more specific. Okay, but we're here and I'm so excited to like, uh, you know, probably teach y'all a little bit more about traveling abroad, speaking about my experiences. And I will be traveling abroad again, uh, hopefully after I graduate and it's going to be so enriching. I can't wait to travel to the places that I really want to go to and um, share them with you all. So let me know if you have any more questions. I love y'all. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. It's giving follow your motherfucking dreams. It's also giving, oof, Italian men. Oh, baby. I want to have your babies, okay? Because period. I do. I want to have an Italian man babies, okay? That's that. A black Italian man babies. Because, oof, the white Italian men, though, I will say they, mm, oof, they look good. But none of them was really, really feeling me. It was more like the Middle Eastern Italian man, you know? So, um... That was incredible. Um, it's giving, do whatever the fuck you want because nobody else gonna do it for you. You have to be dedicated. You have to be driven if this is something that you wanna do. If you wanna travel abroad, get the fuck up. Save that money. Get some help. Get some support. You can't do it all by yourself. So I definitely seek that out. It's giving, if you're going through a tough time, find something to live for for yourself. If you're going through trigger warning, suicidal thoughts, if you're going through mental illnesses and everything, find something to live for. You ha you have it. There's something in you that, that, that wants to be here and that you need to just experience something else in order to feel like this life is worthwhile, okay? Find something to live for. You can't live for other people. And I understand that way, way more than you know, okay? Um, so thank y'all so much for tuning in. I love y'all. And we're almost to 50 listeners. Definitely follow, rate, turn on those notifications, and please donate to the podcast if you can. Your girl out here is supporting herself, like I said. So definitely do that if you can. I love y'all and thank y'all. And I'll see y'all next week with It's Giving.